We'll check it out, y'all. We got what you need. We're all living in apartments, condos, vans. Well, dude, even you can have a studio. A studio in a box. Yes, we can help you with that right here at Blind Knowledge. We work on your budget, and we figure out your measurements. We'll get you the best sound for the best price. Let me know, 877-237-1143 or at blindknowledge.com. Yep. Welcome to another episode of Paranormal, the new normal. The show where we try to delve into the normal. Does it ever really happen? No, no, but I like it that way. I like that I haven't been normal all my life, so why should I start now? But as always, to join me on this epic quest into normalcy, or try to at least, is my guest, Liz Enton, who is a podcaster, entrepreneur, an author, and loves to talk about the afterlife and all that good stuff, which we're going to get into all that funness. But first things first, how are you doing tonight, Liz? I'm doing good, thanks. How are you? Uh, glad, to he- glad to hear. It's been a busy freaking day for me. I literally just finished putting together a dog kennel so my dogs won't be interrupting this podcast like they normally do. Listeners, that's good for you. <laughs> but Yeah, I unfortunately can't promise the same about my dog, so I will do my best to make sure he doesn't, but yeah, he, he's a noisy little guy. So <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. I have two I have two North American mastiffs, so trust me, they make noise. <laughs> okay. I have a small pug chihuahua mix, but he is pretty attention demanding. So, oh, trust me, I my grandfather once had a poodle who sounded like a lion when he was pissed off. So, <laughs> I, I I can <laughs> believe it. <laughs> but, uh, well, Liz, the first question I ask everybody on this show is, what got you into the paranormal, supernatural, spiritual world? Okay, so I mean. Definitely like a little bit of a sad story, but my dad passed in 2015. I am uh, basically raised an atheist, culturally Jewish, but atheist. And I kind of took a shot in the dark and decided to see, was there any scientific evidence that could survive death in some way? And just a quick Google search was opened up. I mean, I, I didn't just do one Google search and then change my mind, but it opened the first door to 
bit of evidence that there's something going on. So, um, well, I am sorry to hear that 100% because my dad passed away in 2017. So I know exactly what that's like. And it's not a good feeling. It's but, horrible. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, it is. It's literally like my best friend in the world before before I met my wife. But he was literally my best friend in the world, and it just it's sad. It's sad. And then I yeah. losing any losing any parent is sad. I'm sure. I mean, would it have been the same if I lost my mother? I don't know to this day. But <laughs> we're not going to get to that. Okay. <laughs> That was like another topic, yeah. But, um, well, the second question, so that's what got you into it. And so got me into it, yeah. I can talk about what I found when I first Googled, if you want, but that was the initial. Well, I'm sure we're going to get into that. Okay. I'm sure we're going to get into that in a little bit, I'm sure, anyway. But, um, okay. The second question I ask anybody, and I'd like to ask this in the beginning, because it always is a great way to open conversations, is have you had any experiences with any paranormal creatures whether they be ghosts spirits extraterrestrials or even the less likely but always loved cryptids <laughs> i think so i i think yeah i think that's the most reasonable conclusion is that i don't know if we call paranormal creatures i think our science just hasn't explained it yet so we use the umbrella word paranormal but i think i've had communications with Loved ones who passed away. I can also go into the details. Oh, uh, well, please do. I mean, whichever one you feel is the most authenticating, I guess would be the best word. <laughs> yeah, evidential. Yeah. Do you want you want me to tell a specific story or? Oh, be, be, be my guest. That's what this that's what this show is all about. Great. Okay. I wasn't sure if after the two questions, then you go into questions of stories. Okay. So I can do a few. Well, I'll tell one about where I think I had possibly personal first with my dog and then with my dad or actually first with my cat. So I had um, a dog and cat who sadly passed away, but they're about the same age. We called them the twins. They were the same size, same color. And if I saw one out of the corner of my eye, I couldn't tell which one was which. And my cat had recently passed. My dog peanut was still living and I just kind of working on my bed, look out of the corner of my eye and I see peanut running around the corner. But then I look at my feet and peanut was still sitting on my feet. So I was like, oh, that's weird. And again, when both were living, if I saw one out of the corner of my eye, I couldn't tell which was which. And then right after I thought I saw that, oh, I'm so sorry. I had everything. I'm sorry about that. I had everything on Do Not Disturb, and I don't know why the call came through. I'm sorry about that. Sorry. See, that was a paranormal call, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so sorry. Can you hear me still? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Wait one second, because I'm not hearing you. Let me fix this, because I think it... Sorry, I hate to do this live. I'm going to still talk while I take my phone, that's my light, and put it off onto... Um, do not disturb, which I had on. Oh, so good. sorry about that. There you go. Okay, we'll say that was a call from the other side. Read Cal Cooper's books. He does telephone calls from the other side. There you go. So, um, okay. So as I think, so I saw the I saw the animal. I couldn't tell which was which. Run around the corner, and then I looked 
closely and my dog was still sitting on my feet and I was like okay that I must have just imagined and then she was looking the same direction I thought I saw my cat run and she jumped up and ran and chased excitedly in the same direction I saw the animal I, I thought I saw her run so I was like that I could say is evidential and I've had some possibly more extreme stuff too I've had um all right dream well oh dream visit that's something i well possibly let, yeah let me ask you this way what experience is your most compelling evidence of an afterlife um my personal experience i'd say when all comes together but i can give a two i can give a dream one that was verified again animals i seem to get more verified with animals but i also gave a medium reading once even though i'm not a medium 99.9 percent .9 of the time okay well i want to hear about both these but let's start with okay. the, dream. the dream okay so i had had potential dream visits from my dad but they weren't verified then again this cat i was half falling asleep and I felt like, you know, when you're in that hypnagogic state, like half asleep, half awake, and you kind of are semi-dreaming, but you know, you realize you're starting to fall asleep dreaming. I felt I was doing that. And I very strongly saw my cat, who had just recently passed, my cat Simba. And I felt her there very strong. And I said to her, Simba, I can't fully tell if I'm dreaming or if this is possibly genuine. I don't necessarily really believe this. If this is genuine... I need some verification. So I wake up the next morning and there's a message from a psychic medium I'm friends with. And they said, um, did you possibly, and they weren't good friends at this point. And I hadn't told them anything about my animals that I'd lost. And I hadn't really posted on social media. And they said in the message, did you have a kind of orange cream colored cat that followed you around like a dog and was obsessed with food? I was like, yes and she apparently had a dream that night with me and with this cat following her everywhere she described the cat physically it matched I sent her a photo of when the cat was kind of a bit elderly and she said oh it was a little bigger than that so I sent her when the cat was young and she said that was the exact cat mm. so I was like okay that's pretty verified and interesting I mean when someone else can actually confirm that there was an animal spirit presence, that's unheard of in my book. So, wow. Like, yeah. I mean, short of hearing, I mean, yeah, people will say all the time they hear like their deceased dog bark or their deceased cat's meow, like randomly, but that can be played up to a trick of the mind. But when someone else actually confirms it, that's just solid. To me, that's solid proof. I mean, some, some skeptics out there might be like, oh, whatever. But to me, that's solid freaking proof. Like I can't, I can't get, I can't get over that. So, wow. I am so happy you told that story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy I had that story happen to me because I'm still consider myself pretty skeptical and logical. And so I was pretty blown away. And well, yeah. Well, let me ask this question. Well, okay. I'm going to ask a question even because I want to hear the other story you mentioned. I totally oh. just blanked on the, topic of it but i oh, yeah. you're asking when i had like personal experiences not counting you know i mean i've read all the data and evidence i've gone to media so i'll give another personal story 
I guess I've had a few. So this was fairly early on in my researching all of this. It was probably about, I've been setting it for about a year and I was still super skeptical. And in a lot of ways I still am. And have you heard of, has your audience heard of the Forever Family Foundation at all? Okay. I can't I can't say I have, but I can't I can't speak for the audience, but okay, so I'll explain who they are. They are an organization. They certify psychic mediums by having them pass a test where they're where they're blinded to any information on the sitter they're reading, and they have to they use science-based testing protocols to assure the mediums can't do a hot reading, can't do a cold reading, and they need to get highly accurate and specific information. They can't say, Oh, you know, you have a grandmother and she loved you. They have to get very like accurate information and about people they don't know. And so, and they also have a scientific advisory board that studies survival of consciousness and afterlife research. And I was at one of their events. They were founded by Fran and Bob Ginsburg. And sadly, Fran passed away about two years ago and she was like my mentor and Bob's another one of my mentors, wonderful people. They started it after the passing of their daughter, Bailey. And so they do conferences, conventions, grief retreats. And I was at the very first event that I ever went to for them. I've now gone to many and do volunteer with them. And, but at this point, uh, the, on the last night, they had a panel of psychic mediums, I guess about 12 of them. And it was a dinner banquet and any guests who were there who wanted to, who were studying to be mediums themselves, wanted to give readings, were told to go up and give readings. Now, as a joke, because everyone knows how skeptical I am, they said, Liz, why don't you go up and give readings? And I was like, haha, right, right. I don't know if I believe this, but okay. Then I said, you know what? I had taken a class on psychic mediums and we, with Lloyd Arbach and he's a parapsychologist as, as well as a stage magician. So he really, and a mentalist. So he knows how to, you know, assess a situation and what ways someone could be cheating, which, and he, but he does think they're mediums, psychic mediums that are genuine too. He's also a teacher at the Rhine education center. So I'd taken a class with him and we learned about some studies on psychic mediums and as well as like about cold readings. So I was like, you know what, I'll practice. I'll do a cold reading. So I got up to do kind of like not even a good cold reading because cold reading and mentalism is a skill in and of itself. And I started to feel really weird. Like I felt all these waves going through me and I walked over to one of the mediums. I don't even know why I chose this one. And I barely knew the mediums at this point. I've since become good friends with a lot of them. So now this wouldn't count because I could unconsciously, they could have told me any information I could have forgotten. And I felt all these weaves pouring through me. And at one point I felt all the waves build up in my heart and like explode there and build up in my heart and explode there. And I said, did someone die of a heart attack? And he was like, yes. And then I felt the same thing happen in my head. And it was like, they build up and burst and build up and burst. I was like, someone die. Would that be an aneurysm? And he was like, yes. And it was so weird. And the waves were just going through me and I was getting accurate information. I can't do this normally. I, so I don't even know. That's why I was just like, what the fuck? Like, this is so weird. So I, I don't know how to, what to even say beyond that. That's, it happened. that's incredible. I've, yeah. I mean, I know so many me so many psychic memes now, and I 
I still have never had to this day have any. I've had premonitions that didn't mean shit, but I mean, other than that, I never had any other type of experience like that. So, to me, that's all inspiring. Like I would love to have an experience like that. I really would. It's just something that I I would love to be. I would love, I would love to be able to be a uh, psychic medium. I truly would. Yeah, I mean, I can't normally. I would love to, too. Actually, my dream, I'd love to be able to have out-of-body experiences. I think if I could choose one of the abilities, I think it would be out-of-body. Medium would be pretty great, but out-of-body, I think, would be my first choice. Uh, Yeah. um, I don't know if I'd rather do out-of-body or astral projection. That, to me, is the the same thing. It it is and it isn't. It's not? Wait, how is it not? An, an out-of-body experience, I mean, I'm no freaking expert in the subject. Talk to my buddy Vincent Field if you really want someone on your show who knows about this stuff. Yeah, but um, an out-of-body, Vincent, Vincent Field, he's an author. He wrote a book about astral projection and out-of-body, not out-of-body experience, astral projection and um, lucid dreaming. He wrote a book about okay. it. He's Ooh, a really I good, he, he's amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you his, his Facebook page. He's a good guy. But um. An out-of-body experience means you have no control. It means you're just out of your body. Astral projection means you have complete control about where you go and what you're looking for. Oh, I didn't know there was a difference. Okay, astral projection. That's what I'd want. Yeah, yes. I mean, astral projection is when, like, they show, like, the, the, the cartoon clips they show of, like, someone's, like, that's alive, like, projecting into someone else's room when they're sleeping. Like, if you someone you love or whatever, not, not trying to show this in a creepy way, but um, I mean, so, I mean, yeah, you just have more control with astral projection without a body experience. It's usually just like, Oh, I died for a second. I came up with my body and then went back down. Like that's usually what an out of body experience is. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not a prolonged thing. Usually there are exceptions. I've heard exceptions, but I mean, astral projection is usually one of my co-hosts of my other podcasts, global strangeness. Um, she took classes during COVID on how to astral project. And she's actually, she's supposed to, according to her, she's gotten pretty good at it. I, I She hasn't come visit me in a dream or anything. So Deborah, I mean, you're slacking here, but, um, but I mean, yeah, she's, she's gotten pretty good at it. According to what she said, I mean, that, and astral projection is what a lot of, there was a detective from New York city in this, in this class learning how to do this to help solve hey. cases, to help solve cases. I want to talk to that detective. I can probably keep they probably keep a secret that they do this. But that's amazing. Seriously? I'm, I mean, honestly, if you post in like the need to guess groups on Facebook, you might find some a cop who has done that. It wouldn't be there's a lot of cops that do it from what I hear nowadays because it's a way a lot of detectives that do it because it's an, a way to figure out cases without like when you have when you're out of leads. But or if you really think some if you think someone did it but you can't prove it, it's a way to figure out stuff. But that's so verified. I really, I sort of have heard of oh, cops do this, but I've never really heard tangibly. So, I mean, that's yeah. very tangible. She's met them. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, she, yeah. This is all before I met her, but she told me my other co-host about it. So, but um, all right. Well, let me ask you this because I asked you what your most compelling evidence is. What do you think is the most compelling evidence out there in the world altogether for an afterlife? Oof, that's a good one. Um, it's really hard to pick one because it's kind of when they all come together. If you have one thing, you could maybe explain it away or just say, mm, "This, there's going to be an answer well, for this. But when you take near-death experiences, 
mediumship, when you get into up to the quintuple blinded studies and research on them, not just people who make claims, but when they're actually being studied in blinded controlled settings and getting highly accurate information, when mediums then are getting their brains scanned and their brain activity is just mind blowing and fairly abnormal. And then cases of kids with past life memories. And I'd say when you take all this um, out of body experiences, when you take it and you take the amount that's verified, because there can be a lot of claims in all of these, but there's highly, a significant body of highly verified experiences in all these realms. And to me, that is, you put that together. That's just very well, strong evidence. <laughs> you said the one thing I was hoping you'd say that if you didn't say it, I was going to shout it out as soon as you got done. But you you mentioned basically, I was going to say reincarnation, but with kids, yes. past life, kids with past life experiences, same thing. Like it's, it's reincarnation, which I was hoping you would say that and you did, which just made me the happiest man ever. <laughs> but Oh, I'm going to make you even happier then. That was the very first body of evidence I found that made me think something's going on. Was cases of kids with past life memories. Dr. Jim Tucker, are you into reincarnation? You know Dr. Jim Tucker and Dr. Ian Stevenson? I don't know any doctors who do or in a who study reincarnation by name, but I've seen a lot of documentaries on it. <laughs> oh, you, if you're fascinated by this, oh, you're going to just delve in. You're going to love them. Dr. Dr. Jim, Dr. Jim, Tuck Jim Tucker and Dr. Ian Stevenson has passed away and Jim Tucker's taken over his work and they are slash were professors at the University of Virginia and they're child psychiatrists and they also are professors of psychiatry and they it's a very logical people and they study cases of kids with past life memories and they try to solve the cases they try to figure out who the person is saying that they were and then they try to verify it and they're part of the division of perceptual studies at the university of virginia which studies all of this like cases of kids with past life memories near-death experience psychic mediums and i just nobody knows when i said it took so much digging to find that there's actually valid evidence behind all of this and when i found this this is just the most life-changing thing and so yeah i mean like i can tell one of the craziest stories that just blew my mind if you're into reincarnation you want me to tell you a crazy story that dr tucker studied oh what we love crazy stories in this podcast, so please go ahead. Okay, so this is his most famous case, and apparently the one that convinced Dr. Jim Tucker that something was going on. It's the James Leininger case, and it's a little boy. He was, most of the kids, almost all of them, have memories until they're about five years old, and then they just forget them. So this little boy was probably about two and three, two, three, four, and he kept, like, playing with these toy airplanes and like crying and he was having nightmares uh, yeah I, you know I, you know the story i do but please go ahead for my listeners okay and his parents he'd wake up in the night screaming like plane on fire little man go down plane on fire little man go down and the parents had no idea what was going on so they found dr jim tucker who researched the case i don't I guess they thought maybe, I don't remember if they thought it was a past life and that's why they brought in Dr. Jim Tucker or they just found a child psychiatrist. But what Dr. Tucker noticed is that the way he was playing as well as his nightmares 
when he played the games with the planes crashing repeatedly, it was the way a child actually plays out unprocessed trauma, you know, usually trauma that they see in this lifetime. Like if they were to witness a violent crime, that's, for example, how this child was playing. And then it just, I mean, through many, many fascinating evidential details, they trace him back to a pilot who passed away in World War II. And it gets to the point where he ends up, well, uh, one part was he had these three dolls. One had, I might have the hair colors wrong, one had like black hair, one had blonde hair, and one had red hair. And he gave them each a name. So fast forward, Dr. Tucker traces him to this man who seemed to passed away in World War II in, as a fighter pilot. And he met with his the sister of this man who now who is now elderly. He met with his army, his Air Force troop. When he met with his sister, they shared memories of the family. The sister was like, I don't know what's going on, but he knows stuff related to our family. When he met with the Air Force troop, now elderly men, they also shared memories. And the child, the names of the dolls had corresponded with names of men in his troop and the hair colors matched. Like, let's say there was like a Tom who had red hair. His doll was named Tom and there was a Tom in his troop and all three of them matched. So that was just a tiny drop of evidence of the craziest case. Like I still remember when I first read that case early on the grief, hoping this was true. And it just, it was life changing. Yes. I see that. I've heard other podcasts where that story is talked about. That's why I know it. But yeah, and also, I also know the story of the young Indian woman who she claimed she could remember all these things from a past, from a past life. And like, she was in her, she had to be six, seven, maybe. And they actually took her across India to where she thought she was from. And like, she actually met her husband in a previous life, which, and like, she recognized the house right away. And like, she, remembered when they did all like what year they did all the, like the different like expansions or construction on it. So it's just that those two stories together make me believe in reincarnation more than anything in this world. And these are two of multiple cases written by oh, Dr. Stevens and Dr. I, Tucker. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. It is one of my dreams for this podcast to get someone on here who as a kid had a past life that they could, see their whole childhood and they still remember it like that's my dream but if i find one i'll send them your way appreciate it i'll do the same but thank you (laughs) all right well let me ask you this um because i i personally was an atheist too in high school i mean i was brought christian but protestant but i mean as my listeners know but in high school college i was atheist for the most part and then i just as I matured, I became more agnostic because I just, I didn't want to say there's nothing out there anymore. I want to say there's something. I just don't know what it is, whether it's extraterrestrial or maybe some kind of God, old gods, maybe. I'd like to think that Odin's watching over us. But, um, I'm, uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed got me to a lot of ancient stuff. But, um, so, I mean, I like to think. So, what made you think that all these, psychic abilities in afterlife what made you think what made you go from thinking it's all nonsense to thinking it's real because i i did the same thing and i want to kind of hear your explanation for it 
Oh, sure. And I'm going to give a very long story into a very condensed um, setting and condensed story. But I will actually say I still consider myself an atheist or maybe more of an evidentialist. Like, I think I think there's strong evidence for survival of consciousness, but I haven't seen any evidence for God, not any that I would think. So I'll just say that. Um, and then so mediumship it really it started if we just even break down mediumship well reincarnation was based on the work of dr tucker and stevenson so if we get into mediumship also the division of perceptual studies at the university of virginia studies mediumship there's the winbridge institute dr julie Beischel and mark bakutzi they are co-founders of winbridge and they're also married and winbridge researches psychic mediums and Dr. Beischel was originally a pharmacologist I mean very logical left brain and she began to study psychic mediums after a personal experience of a reading that she received and when I started delving into their research they had up to quintuple blinded studies on psychic mediums who were getting accurate specific information and I mean these mediums were some of the examples of a test would be they read for a proxy sitter so someone who wasn't even the sitter would be sitting in it'd be on the phone and it would be like the phone at Winbridge not any personal person's phone that could be googled in any way and the proxy sitter didn't even know who the reading was for and the sitter knew like at their time I mean the the proxy got the first name of the deceased loved ones the sitter knew that at this time they were supposed to tell their deceased loved ones to go talk to this medium and so it, you can't get more blinded than that and then the proxy took down all the information and then eventually the sitter got a, two readings and they had to score them both and see which one they thought was for them so this is just one of the type of studies done by winbridge so that Division of Perceptual Studies, I learned about Forever Family that I mentioned in the beginning, a lot of the history conducted by the Society for Cyclical Research, where they were studying psychic mediums like 100 years ago. Dr. Jeff Tarrant, who scans mediums' brains with an EEG for unusual or interesting, explicable brainwave activity, that, and then I got my own readings. And then I had that one weird experience that I had that made me understand when mediums would talk about their experiences. It made me able to identify and believe them more. Because they're like, well, I sort of felt this. I was like, yeah, right, you did, you know. But they were, all of that came together. I was just like, I, they're really, could there end up being another explanation for all of this that we have no idea yet? And the answer isn't survival of consciousness. I hope not. It's possible, but I don't think it's the most likely explanation anymore. So that's- yeah. Well, I mean, my personal journey, because I don't think I ever told this on the podcast before. Honestly, it's going to sound ridiculous and childish almost in a way, but Assassin's Creed made me believe in the afterlife more than anything because the gods in the, the, the story they tell is so epic and the gods in it, the different gods of different nations from Egypt to Greece to the Norse people, like it's just, I mean, I listened to mythology podcasts for years too, before I really got into those three games, but like, the, like, I don't know, it just, these 
all these different nations that believed in old gods, they didn't just come out of nowhere with it. They had to have, whether they were extraterrestrial in nature, and that's what they thought they were gods, maybe, maybe, I'm not saying that's not the possibility here, but they had something. They had something they believed in, and they saw these creatures. So that, to me, is proof. That's solid freaking proof. Fucking proof. Like, that's solid fucking proof. I'll curse. I don't care. It's solid fucking proof. Mm -hmm. And then... I live in a haunted house now. The first house I ever bought is a, is a oh haunted God. house. I want to hear this. That's so amazing. I'll keep it short because my listeners have heard this before. But, oh, sorry. Um, you don't have to tell me. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the short version of it. But we bought the house. We had investigators come in. Supposedly, it's the hu- husband and wife who originally owned the house and built it that are here. We've had some experiences where we think it's something a little more sinister in nature than just your average passed on spirit but we don't know for sure i want to get my friend who's been on this pod well not oh she's a friend all my all my guests are friends at, at this point so um my one friend slash ex get previous guest who will hopefully be on again at some point because she has so much to tell but sunshine a star who from salem massachusetts who's which is only like 45 minutes an hour for me but she wants she's willing to come and clean up my house and I want her to do it, but I just I need the money to do it because I'm not she has to travel like a distance to do it. So I don't blame her in charging for it. But I just get the money to do it, but we want her to clear up the house because my dogs will see stuff that like no one else sees. Like we've you you'll get cold like I'll be sitting here podcasting, I'll get cold as shit. Like something's whenever I'm talking whenever I'm talking to a psychic or medium. I've had so many of them tell me off camera and on camera there's spirits around you. Interesting. Okay. And, it, and I I could feel it. Like I could feel the coldness. I feel like a buzzing light sensation in the middle of my head. Like I just can't explain it. It's just insane. And I mean, I would think I was going insane if I didn't do this podcast and if I didn't talk to so many people. I've talked to 150 people, 160 people by now in different parts of this world. And all the stuff they tell me and all the experiences they tell me, I can't not believe in the afterlife. I can't not believe there's something after death, whether it's whether you're, whether we're basically going to a waiting room to be reincarnated to some, to another body or whether there actually is a great beyond or a great, or a horrible below who knows, but there's something, there's something. And the I'm agnostic to this day still. And I want to believe there's something I'm not going to go praying to anybody. I mean, if I'm drinking or smoking, I'll be like Odin or Zeus. As soon as I say Zeus, I'm like, no, not Zeus. You're too rapey. But um, yeah, Zeus is kind of horrible. But like, uh, I want to say, I, I mean, a lot of the gods in a lot, I, I won't say anything too controversial, but a lot of the stuff written about gods sometimes oh, is a little brutal. So all, all, all the stuff about the gods is brutal, but Zeus is extra rapey. So I, I, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. As, soon as, as soon as I pray to him, I'm just like, no, not Zeus. Uh, Hera, Hera, I, I claim in the name of Hera. But that's a good uh, one. Oh yeah, she put up with she put up with him. So fuck yeah, she's a great god. But god yeah. So I mean, that was my personal journey. Like all that together just made me believe. Getting to the paranormal made me believe because I've heard so many stories about ghosts and spirits. That I can't not believe there's something but but i've had previous guests on as well too uh 
Corby Mitlead, Mitlead. I'm sorry if I'm not Mitlead. Yeah, Corby Mitlead. I, I'm not mispronouncing your name, Corby. I apologize to the fullest, but it's been a while. Um, she wrote a book called the Yellow Brick, the the Yellow Brick Road Guide to Psychics, about the difference between good and bad psychics. So, what are some? What is, since you've been delving into this and experimenting, what? What do you say is the best psychic experience you had? And you may have already told us that, but and what is the worst psychic experience you've had? Okay. Oh, this is a good one. I'm gonna have to say two for the worst because I think it's important people know about both kinds. Um the best, oof, the best have been I can't say there's one or two best. It's been a group of them that just have blown me away. Highly evidential. They know things they can't have known. You know, one of them knew a recent one, my friend Kathy Needle gave me a reading and okay, she was my, she's my friend, but we were barely friends at this point. And she knew my dad's hobby that I don't tell anyone ever, not because there's anything wrong with it, but this is highly evidential. It's, you know, it's something for getting, preserving my readings. Um, my friend Joe Peretta, he read me before we were friends. I didn't even give him my real identity, just lots of the ones so many of the ones from the forever family foundation because their protocols are so hard to pass they've just blown me away and it's when they know things they can't have known i'll give an example like my starting from my very first medium reading and almost all the ones that were good this they didn't always get grandma but they got they basically described my grandma and she often would come in first and then i had another reading with a medium and it was very consistent describing my grandma coming in and then later in the reading he says her name and he's like and that's the name of the woman who came in first so it's when things like that happen another like my uncle Bobby and my dad's side sadly passed away too so my dad my dad had me a lot later in life so he's like the age of my friend's grandpa's like my friends my age I have friends all different ages but they you know he's the age of my friend's grandparents um who my age and this one medium was like oh your dad says he's hanging out with Bobby she didn't get Bobby had passed away she's like so tell Bobby that he's around him I'm like that's my uncle he passed like that makes sense and so just it's a lot when you get mediums like that they just know facts they know memories they know things you did together I've had some know things that I didn't know that I verified later and turned out to be right so those I'd say are the best readings they you they can't they don't know who you are you have a fake identity and they know a lot of facts that someone can't just know and it's not general now the worst i can actually tell it'll be a little fun so i'll tell a few different ones because one i went to a seance that was supposed to have all the physical stuff oh, it was the fakest worst i mean it, it made a great chapter in my book writing a book about this i'm like this is terrific but it's also dishonest and horrible and deceiving people and it was a carnival show. Like he had like ectoplasm coming out of his mouth. And I snuck in the back afterwards and found like a Santa beard. I was like, of course. So that one, and he was just doing, it was, it was like so exaggerated and so carnival show and like spirits screaming, like funny jokes. It, it was absurd. And he was like roaring. I don't know. It was ridiculous. But, and then the worst there's been quite a few, I just think this is important to say, but not as dramatic or entertaining, but I think there's a lot that are not as evidential, but good hearted and they mean well, 
but they just can't get very accurate specific information. And, you know, I think they're just honest. And some of those, when I've had a few where they're like, I'm like no, saying no to everything, they, they offer a refund and you can tell they're honest hearted. Now the two other terrible ones I went to, I can't, um, one of those psychic storefront psychics and everything was so general. I mean, first of all, she didn't try to bring in anyone who passed away. It was just, she was giving a psychic reading, but if you listen, she says things that very clearly would apply to anybody who looks like me, you know, like late twenties at the time living in New York. Like I was stressed out. I was tired. Um, a lot of generalizations, some things were wrong, but would apply to a lot of people, especially ones going to see a psychic. She said like, you know, all my friends are untrustworthy and everyone gossips behind each other's back, which are not my friends. I don't hang out with people like that, but I've cleared those people out of my life very happily, but that's a reasonable thing. And then a thing that she said is something where you'll say two different things and people who believe this, you want to remember the good. So she said, she brought money and she said, you're really good at money. It comes in, you save it and best. And then later she's like, money comes in one hand and out the other. And so they're talking really fast. So your brain is going to pick up on what you relate to and you walk out remembering that. But, you know, I mean, I, and then the closure was she said I had, she basically was like saying I was supposed to be married by this point. And the reason I wasn't, she went through basically a typical breakup. She's like, you were with a guy and you tried to make it work and it didn't. And you tried a little bit again. And so, but it didn't work. I mean, I don't know a single person who hasn't had a relationship like that by the time they're in their late twenties. And then she was like, but he left a bad energy on you. I have a solution. Here's candles that will clear the energy and they're $300. So stay away. That, that that right there in Corby's book. And she said in my podcast, that's one of the, if they're asking you to spend an exorbitant amount of money on any, on candles specifically, but anything like that, they are crystals. Yeah. They're as they're as fake as a freaking New York City hooker's earrings. Like that's just the way it goes. Like they're they're so fake. Like they're just fake. Like it's just oh, and that drives me nuts because people want to believe. Like they people want to just believe. like like Mulder said, we want to believe things, but people ruin people like that freaking ruin it. Ruin it, yeah, yeah. And I had another like. I, I guess I like to say the good ones, it's consistent. They give highly accurate information and they don't ask you questions. I mean, maybe basic, you know, you, they want to say yes, no. They might ask a question along the way, but they're basically giving you information. And it's a pretty consistent thing. And they're, they know things they can't know and they're comfortable and you don't give them information. And then the other bad one, it's the, you know, given the, psychic carnival show and then the candle deceiver and then this one she was like one of the high-end ones and but complete con artist and i mean maybe she believed it i don't think so i don't know maybe i think she probably thinks she's like intuitive but then when she was like i expected her to get evidence she didn't know what to do because she was just everything she was saying I was saying no to and she's like well what do you want out of this reading I was like tangible evidence that we survived bodily death and you know things that would verify that 
you know and so she was like oh and then in the end I mean I said no to everything she said and she was like trying to fill the time instead of giving me a refund but she should have done and I didn't ask for it because I was also knew I was researching and I was like I gotta learn this and this is kind of it was early on I was like this is what I thought most of them would be but most of them were not this and she said um in the end I mean she just like it was filled she was like talking about like how my dad, I had to tell her I lost my dad finally, how I need to be more trusting. And he's saying that I need to learn to trust. And she was saying, you know, when you try to put mediums into a proving situation, it never works. I'm like, oh, bullshit. There's like quintuple blinded studies. If that was true, no mediums would pass. And then her, like one of her final lines after like filling it with like chants and prayers, I mean, just desperate to fill the hour. She was like, it's so funny, you know, you, you came into this wanting me to prove it, but the whole point is about you not needing proof, but knowing for yourself. I was like, oh, you know. It's like, can you spout a bigger mouth of bullshit than that? Oh, like, she's like, maybe if you offer me $300 candles to top it off, that might be the one bigger mouth of bullshit. <laughs> oh my God. Like, oh my yeah. fucking God. Like, I just... yeah. I, oh, I, I would have made, had her crying by the end of the fucking night. <laughs> like, I oh would have had God. her, like, I would have had her crying, like, because, like, I, I never had a psychic reading. And oh, thank you, Brian. Uh, the sh I'm glad you're enjoying it tonight again. And uh, we, we do rock. I mean, what can I say? What can I say? Uh -huh. But um, and uh, yeah, with well, mediums, it's hit and miss, like. Yeah, see, I tell I say this all the time on this show and other shows I'm on, but I grew up in the '90s when psychics were something that were had. They had a little storefront in the front of their house, and they, I, I was brought up like, don't trust them. They're all just trying to like steal your money. They're gypsies, which I hate that word, but um, they're gypsies. They're scam artists. Like that's all I heard growing up, and that's all like TV shows did. Like. Fresh Prince and other TV shows, they showed them as scam artists. <laughs> but, but when I started this podcast, I the first medium I brought on, I don't remember who it was off the top of my head, but even, but they made me believe her. And then each one that came on after that, and I've had a good dozen of them now at least, they're they all made me they all make me more believing because they are all talented in their in their skill. And they've done the same thing to me after shows, like when the camera goes off. They've done things, they've done, they all sudden will say, like, something's coming through for you. Or even, even some of them have even done it on camera. If you, or on, if you listen to the right, the right episode, you'll hear it. But um, they even, like, and, like, they'll know things about me that I, you can figure out these things about me by Googling me. Even. Like, there's no way to figure out these things about my past, my family. There's no way. Like, I, you Google me, nothing, you Google me, my podcast will come up. That's it. Like, my podcasting career, that's all come up. Nothing else comes up. I, don't have a criminal record. I never I've been in the paper for shit. So okay, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's the way it goes. And like, did they know something? And I can't figure out why. And it's just it makes me believe in them. But yeah, but yeah, they it, know stuff from like before social media. Like they knew my grandma had lost a young child. I mean, this was when my mom was like a baby, you know? So I'm like, they know stuff like that. I'm like, well, I guarantee back then no one was, they didn't even have social media. And so they know stuff like that. You know? And they're not going to put something like that in the paper. That's for damn sure. But 
No. I mean, if they did, like, the odds of them finding that under, like, my grandma's last name, I mean, how would they? No, I don't think that's in the paper anywhere. I mean, I've tried to Google and find it. It's You can't find it. Exactly. And so what can you do, in your opinion, to prevent an experience with a bad medium or a me to prevent a medium from cheating and like giving you false answers well first of all you can go to places like the forever family foundation and winbridge where they've already passed science-based testing and they take it very seriously and you know i had a friend who went to one of the mediums that was wonderful with me from forever family and she wasn't getting anything from my friend. And within 15 minutes, she said, I don't know why I'm not getting stuff. She didn't try to make anything up. She's like, I'm going to give you either a refund or we can try again in a week. It's up to you. And if they don't come in again, you get a refund. So that's what one does if you're saying no to everything. That's what an honest one does. So how you can know, first of all, use fake identity. Use a Google voice number. Um, do a phone call. So if you're worried about facial recognition technology, use... Um, yeah, Google voice number, have a friend, not a family member, pay, use a fake name. You can use your real first name as you have a name like me, like Elizabeth, you know, there's, I mean, what are you going to find from Elizabeth? If you have some super unique first name, eh, maybe don't um, use, yeah, those are just ways you can, you won't wonder if they're really good. Although, as we were saying, some of the ones, a lot have gotten stuff that isn't Googleable, like Joanne Gerber, this one medium, I was, hadn't known her at that point, it was under a fake identity. And she, my laptop had been broken for a week. And I was so irritated, they were slow. And she's like, your dad said your computer's almost finished, almost done being repaired. He knows you're annoyed about that. I'm like, okay, that's not Googleable. I wasn't posting a bitching about that on social media. I shouldn't even have my name. So that's a good one. And then um, what you can also do is don't give them information say yes no notice if they're saying very general things you can you know and then if in like 10 minutes you have every right to ask for your money back i mean and... my, my my favorite thing about the thing about when i think about psychics is i i think about the episode of south park with john edwards on it and like like he's just shouting things into like a crowd of people which is what he did in real life and like and like some random person will, be, will jump up and like he'll say like I'm seeing the letter K, and somebody will jump up and be like, my grandmother Katie died back 30 years ago, and like you're giving him ways to get into your head. Like, if don't he, do he, that. If he, can, if he yeah. if he was real, he would be able to have so much more information than that. He would know the full name at least. Not necessarily. I've had ones that a lot don't get names. Also, John Edwards, I, I don't want to speak about him because I'm not sure, but I know he has participated in scientific testing. Uh, what it seems, uh, what might have happened is sometimes when mediums, and I don't know all, about all, but I have heard that initially he was very genuine. He might, and he still could be. I think that, I, I don't agree with this. This is very unethical, but often I will hear of possibility that something when they have like millions of dollars on the line and tv shows and they're in front of huge crowds that spent who knows what they they can't perform at that level all the time so they slip into cold reading and cheating which i'm very anti-cheating i think it'd be so much more ethical to say 
I'm sorry. Sometimes mediums have terrible nights and I'm off tonight. Like if a, if I went to a group reading early on and a medium did that, I would have so much respect for them. I would know that it would help add to the evidence of an afterlife. But yeah, don't feed them. Like people will do that. They'll be like, you know, I'm feeling like an older energy. Yes, my grandma passed away when I was 12. We were so close. I couldn't, we used to like go get our nails done at like Bernie's every week. I mean, just, and then you bought, yeah, yeah. Don't give yourself rules. Um, say yes, no, or maybe, and nothing more. Uh, some, but yes, a lot of times mediums don't get names. That was a mistake I made in the beginning. I was like, if they were good, they would get a name, but I've had some just get an initial and sometimes even be like, wait, I, I'm sorry, I'm not even getting the relationship, but then they'll go on and be like, okay, after I set, said it's my dad, I mean, that'll be like a negative point that I had to say that because I do score my readings, but then they'll go and say, okay, sorry, you had to tell me that, but I remember you and your dad did this when you were a kid. Why is he showing me this? And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and it'll be very specific then. So none of them are perfect. And it's what I've learned more like playing, playing charades rather than speaking on the phone. So if they get a few things wrong or a few things vague, and then they like know your dad's main hobby and the last and his favorite restaurant, like, yeah, that's, and that your grandma lost a child, a young child, like, you know, I mean, you gotta be, kind of assess the whole reading, but yeah, don't record your reading too. That's the thing. Cause then you can go back and see, did you feed the medium? What did they actually get? What are you rem misremembering? Exactly. And I agree. I mean, like, it's just... I never have, I still to this day have not gone to a, like a psychic that has been on my show. And mm -hmm. I kind of want to, to get like a full hour reading. Like I can I, I, do it, do it. <laughs> the next time I have some disposable uh, money, I will. But I mean, I was supposed to have some now, but then of course the goddamn water heater needed replacing and there goes half my refund from taxes. But, um, Right. All right. Um, gonna. I got one more question, paranormal, and then one more question that's not paranormal at all. But I'm kind of curious. But so to sum it all up for paranormal side, what do you think happens after we die? Oh my god! I will first preface this by what mediums have said to me when I asked them the unanswerable questions early on if I actually could answer this I'd be sitting with my Nobel Prize and my huge like well, penthouse that, loft but that, that's the, that's why I said what do you think not what do you know <laughs> okay fair fair disclaimer okay so in a lot of sense I don't know the only information it seems our consciousness survives in a non-material form. What happens after like 10,000 years? We don't know, you know, what happens in a trillion years? What happens after the big crunch? We don't know. It definitely seems that our consciousness survives and we continue in a lot of ways outside of a body. If I could guess, it would be something, our consciousness is like a cl the cloud, like our official consciousness are quantum particles, some form of quantum particle, maybe related to another dimension that somehow string theory is starting 
to get hints and glimpses of. And it downloads into our brains when we're here as a person and quantum entangles with our brains while we have experiences here. And when our body dies, all the information and data and experiences as a person goes back into our full non-physical selves and it downloads into other bodies at different times. I would guess on other planets too. I mean, we live in a huge universe, possibly a multiverse. There are multiple Goldilocks planets. There's no way Earth is the only one with intelligent life. And we don't know yet what mechanism this consciousness is made up of. It, I'm most likely some form of like vibrational quantum particle that's even more like complex and molecules and atoms and all the stuff we really discovered fairly recently. And there seems to be a part of our brains called microtubules. And this they were this is discovered by Dr. Stuart Hameroff and um, Sir Roger Penrose, and they are Nobel Prize winning physicists. One of them, or maybe both of them, worked with Stephen Hawking. And they found a part of our brains and bodies that seem able to quantum entangle and entangle with information. Someone, I am not smart enough to fully understand it. I wish I was. I, that's why I'm explaining it the best I can, just because I'm not that smart. So but that seems to be able to quantum entangle in a way, probably with a quantum particle that stores our consciousness. That's how it seems to be. In some way, information travels. And, you know, we have hints into that with near-death experiences, but these are people that only went so far because they survived, you know, I mean, they didn't die, you know, and we have hints of it with mediums communicating with people who've passed away. But even if they're speaking with your great grandparents, that's, let's say that was only like 200 years ago, that's still really not that long. So we don't, again, what happens after the big crunch, what happened to our consciousness before the big bang, that's where we're stuck. But in this little window of time, it seems consciousness exists non-locally and quantum entangles with the brain. There's my answer. <laughs> well, Probably won't get me a Nobel Prize, but it's a theory, hypothesis. It's it's a it's a great hypothesis, and don't doubt yeah. yourself. Don't doubt yourself by saying you're not intelligent, because everybody everybody is intelligent in their own way. Well, I Without, think I'm intelligent, but I don't think I'm Stephen Hawking intelligent. Or, oh, okay. Well, except <laughs> no, I mean, that, 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 that. I was trying to explain things that people who like won Nobel prizes and work with Stephen Hawking like are able to explain. That's why I'm like I yeah, can't okay. understand them some. So I don't think I'm stupid, but I don't think I'm Stephen Hawking. Or, so not to knock myself, I'm fine with that. That, that's a, that, <laughs> that is a huge spectrum. Yes, <laughs> but, yes. All right. Well, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm definitely. I'm definitely yeah. not Stephen. I'm not definitely not Stephen Hawking or Einstein intelligent either. That's for damn sure. Right, right. But I mean, I'm I'm pretty damn intelligent when I'm sober. But I mean, yeah. I'm not. I'm not that little. Right. But um, right. Okay. So I relatively. Yeah. So compared, I'm trying to explain theories. Yeah. But like, before I get to my final question, I will say, and my audience has heard me say this before, so I'll keep it short. But I have two theories about what happens in the afterlife. I want to hear. I truly believe, because I've heard enough through star seeds and mediums, that those who are not stuck on Earth once they die, once that, those are willing to go, they're not stuck here for some reason, they go to basically a waiting room, like the DMV waiting room, where Horrible. you, I know, right? Where you basically are waiting for another body to take over. Like, and you are, and in that theory, we are all extraterrestrial in origin. But we are our, our spirits are not our bodies. Our spirits are, 
and we are all waiting for another buy takeover until we achieve our ultimate goals and we can move on to a further plane, a further dimension that we don't know what it is yet. We may call it heaven, but we don't know what it truly is. The other theory I have is a theory for those who are stuck on Earth. And this is kind of like an evolution of spirits type of theory. Um, we we basically start off as like a foggy mist when we pass away because we don't know. We're babies. We're ghost babies. We don't know how to do anything. We're basically just a foggy mist. From there, I believe we evolve into shadow people if we're still stuck on Earth because we can make ourselves look human, but we can't define our features yet or make ourselves look like we once did. And then the final phase is the full Ghostbuster style full body apparition. And that to me is my two theories about afterlife is if you're stuck on earth, you go through these phases where you evolve to become what you eventually will become. If you're stuck on earth for a long, long time, like a lot of native Americans are because they were wronged horribly or like a lot of people who died horribly in the last 300 years in America are like civil war veterans, any war veteran really like it's just, or anybody who anybody killed in the war, I should say, because they're stuck because they don't know what happened. They just were alive one second and not there the next. But hello, Lizzie. Thank you for coming in to check out the end of the show. Hope you watch the whole thing in replay. But oh, hi. The final question I have, and for those who do, for those none of you will know this, but I found Liz on podcastguest.com, which you've heard me all mention before. And there was one one little tidbit on her page that made me. Oh, know. I know what you're asking. Yeah, peanut. I talked about peanut already, but you can need her. Oh well, no, 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 no. Oh no, not peanut. No. Okay, um, as a huge Kevin Smith fan, and I've heard Kevin Smith talk multiple times about how he was wronged by this man and how this man called him the day before he went to pr- the day before he went to prison. So, Liz testified in the Harvey Weinstein. Peanut, that's peanut. Oh, I, I thought you said PETA. Peanut, my dog. Yeah, yeah, Harvey Weinstein. I knew that's what you were gonna say because it's yeah, it's a badass uh, story. Uh, Can I okay. brag? I, I I don't know what has to do with the dog. <laughs> okay, I'm dying oh, to so find out. So you didn't read it? Okay. I don't know. I read it to a degree, but I didn't fully read it. But um. I saw the name and that's all it took, but I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. And he talks about how Harvey Weinstein, which everybody knows who Harvey Weinstein is. Everybody knows what he did and what a horrible person he was. But Kevin Smith talks about how all the time, how Harvey Weinstein called him the day before he went to prison to try to like be buddy, buddy with him to try to have friends before he really got, well, maybe it wasn't before he went to prison, but it was before he got arrested. And like, And how he tried, and like it, it sickens Kevin Smith that he called him the night before he got arrested. But you testified his case, and I'm kind of dying to hear about that. And it's not paranormal at all, but I'm on the end of the show with it because it's freaking amazing. Oh, it's paranormal because I'm gonna have peanut haunt him. Okay, so I don't want to like tell all the part of my friend's story because that's not mine to tell. But I was doing a summer internship in fashion in New York, where I grew up from one of my friends. My roommate was his assistant, and this I don't have a right to go into her story, but she was sexually assaulted by him. At the same time, my dog, Peanut, lived in the apartment with us. Chihuahua. Peanut's a chihuahua. 
like pub chihuahua mix, 12 pounds. Um, one point Harvey like broke into our apartment. I was at work that day. I wasn't there, but peanut chased him all around and was chasing him. This like 12 pound sweetest chihuahua. He was running in like terror from her. So I testify. I'm going to save this. Like I think bragging is really crass, but I'll save this as my bragging, right? Like I basically ripped his lawyer a new one and that went viral. And I mentioned how Peanut chased him and that went super viral. So like page six says, Harvey Weinstein was once one of the most powerful men in Hollywood, but he was no match for Peanut the Chihuahua. Peanut had like a segment on Core TV. She was mentioned on, she was everywhere and it was everywhere it went. Like the, the trial that week was called like four accusers and a Chihuahua. And it, so Peanut just, I mean, yeah. And then I just, yeah, I mean, his lawyer, she's a great lawyer. I think everybody has a right to that kind of lawyer. It shouldn't be money-based, but she also used a lot of like great cliches and I kind of ripped her to shreds, defended my friend. And yeah, that went viral. And then in the end, like I told the part about Peanut and apparently as he was like walking out the hall, you can see this, the press was like, excuse me, Mr. Weinstein, are you afraid of chihuahuas? And yeah, then Peanut just like blew up everywhere. <laughs> so are Google. Those, I was gonna say, are those available online? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I'm writing in my second book. I'm writing about it too. I mean, I have to see. I'm, I have to get it all read and make sure like what I can put in and what I can't. But <laughs> of course. Yeah. <sighs> But Google Peanut the Chihuahua Harvey Weinstein and send her a little like congrats in doggy. Well, I don't believe it happened. Doggy the other side. Doggy non-consciousness. Doggy non-physical consciousness. Oh, no, 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 no. If there is, if there's a heaven of any kind, it's fucking doggy heaven. Come on. It's fucking doggy heaven. Yeah, yeah. Because doggies, all dogs deserve to go to heaven. Because I, oh, yeah. I, I have two I Mastiff puppies and mm-hmm. I had one, I had to put another Mastiff puppy down at 18 weeks old. Oof. And I full, yeah, he was, he was born with misshaped kidneys. But I Oof. fully believe he is in doggy heaven, even though we sometimes, even though my wife used to sometimes smell him in the house. So, because mm-hmm. yeah. he had, he, because his kidneys were failing, he had a very distinct odor. But, oh, but yeah, it's, it, it sucked, but it, yeah, that's a good six, seven months ago now. So, I moved on, and we now yeah. have two. Ma- we, we now have two massive puppies that I love that also drive me crazy. So, mm-hmm. it's a yeah. fascinating mix. But um, before we go, tell my listeners where they can find your podcast, where they can find you, your books. Just promote yourself to the fullest okay i'm gonna promote the shit out myself now as i said my book number two is gonna it's mainly gonna talk about afterlife evidence but it's also gonna talk about my part in the review Weinstein trial and peanut and her part in it which is really like the highlight of it and so my you can find me on my website it's wtfjusthappened.net you can link to all my social media you can look at my book which is called what the fuck just happened Spelled WTF just happened. A sciencey skeptic explores grief, healing, and evidence of an afterlife. And my podcast, also What the Fuck Just Happened, spelled WTF just happened, all about the afterlife, no woo. And you can find that, you can link to it on my website. You can find it everywhere you listen to podcasts. 
Well, there you go, folks. Check it out. I know I will be, hopefully, as soon as my podcast schedule clears up a little bit. But um, <laughs> it's getting there. It's getting there. It may be a year, but I'll eventually get to all my guest podcasts and check them out. Uh, there's too many podcasts, so a little time. But I thank you all for listening to mine. But And I want to thank Liz for coming on because it's been a fun episode, and I had so much fun talking to her. So much fun. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Oh, my pleasure. And if you ever want me on your show, I am always willing to be a guest in any show. Basically, I will podcast for I will podcast for exposure or expose myself for podcast, whatever it takes. But as my okay. co-host says, but <laughs> on my other show, but uh, you all know where you could find me. You could find me on Facebook as Jeremy Bryant. 2.1k followers as of today. Thank you all. I appreciate it. And you can also find me on Paranormal New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast with a S Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard. And you can find me on Tiki Talkie as at Juggalo Bastard Podcast. And you can, of course, find Paranormal on the New Normal on YouTube, where this used to stream, but now we stream on Blind Knowledge Network, which is our network we are now on. That's where this streams on YouTube. If you want to watch us live, if you don't want to watch us live, if you want to watch replays, then they will all be uploaded the day the podcast gets uploaded to all the podcatchers. So for this one, it'll be towards July, but we'll see. <laughs> Thank you all for listening and watching. And remember, like and hit that notification bell for new episodes wherever you're listening. And if you're watching us on YouTube, like and subscribe. It helps. It really does help. And I'm trying to make this thing become a thing. So, you know. It's getting there. It just takes time. I understand that. But thank you all. I enjoyed this episode like all my episodes to the fullest. And I will see you all for another. Actually, if you see this tonight and you're free in about 59, uh, 49 minutes, we are doing a shark movies bracket on this show as our special this month. And just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, we're going to show you it's damn well not. So come check it out. Have a good one, folks. <laughs>